Friends, will you pray with me? Gracious and holy God, we enter into your presence with great expectations. May the meditations of our hearts and minds and the words of my mouth be acceptable in your sight, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. So it is All Saints Sunday, a Sunday that I love. I cherish this Sunday. It's a Sunday that we seem to uh, pull out all the stops with our music, with our, with our altar pieces, with our candlelight, with the way that we pay tribute to those who have come before us and finished this race in Christian faith. We celebrate this with congregations around the world today. All of them, many of them are naming those in their own congregation whom they will miss eternally, uh, but whom have gone on to eternity. We celebrate this across all Christian churches in the world. It is a communion with everyone that has ever lived. That is what is fascinating about this Sunday for me. It actually ties us not only to those in our own lives, but those who have gone before in the generations and the generations in the biblical narrative and beyond all those people, all of God's people, we are woven together with all who came before, all who are present today, and all who will come after us. We're connected in a very real way to uh, Abraham and Moses and Ruth and Mary and Peter and Lydia and even those that we've named this morning. It's so much more than a, than a uh, memorial, so much more than just remembering, a reflection on a single person, though it is all of that. Even as we named the names this morning, some I knew well, some I did not know well, and yet I was able to concentrate on that one simple life at a time. It is, however, more than that. It is a day in which our very deepest sorrow is woven together with all of the sorrows across the world. And in our tears and in those who have lost and cried, we are one. We, are, we come together as one. Today reminds us that every time that we make a choice, every time that we choose to do something that shows our love towards another, every time that we choose an act of generosity, every time that we choose to serve our neighbor, is the way that we repeat in ourselves the measure of faith that is witnessed by all those who have gone before us, including those who were named here this morning. The writer of Hebrews, or should I say the preacher who preached Hebrews, lays out for us this example of faithful and generous living in the 11th and 12th chapters. I'm going to read how he ends this 11th chapter about faithfulness through the ages with, uh, with the ultimate example of faith and generosity. I'll be reading from uh, the, ch the 12th chapter, verses 1 and 2. Listen now for the word of God. Therefore, 
I love this word therefore because it always sets a sense of anticipation for something else as new is about to happen. Therefore also ties us to all that has been. And the, the author says, therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, not the race of those who came before us, not the race of the neighbor, not the race of the one sitting in the pew next to you, but your very own race. Let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking, looking, my friends, to Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. This is the word of God for the people of God. In chapter 11, the part that we did not read this morning, this preacher lays out this story, this reminder of all that has come before. He uses this repeating literary technique by saying, by faith, Abram did this. By faith, Moses did that. And so we are reminded that even as we think back on our own series of generosity the last three weeks and including this week, we remember our own selves, the faith of Abram. And so we know that by faith, Abraham set out to a place that he was to be given as an inheritance, not knowing where he was going, but he took that next step anyway. And in our generosity series this month, we have been uh, exploring what it means to live this faithful life with a spirit of generosity, something that goes beyond us. And we, lo- we learn through generosity, God blesses Abraham. Not just because Abraham is that ultimate um, figure of faithfulness, though he is, but through Abraham's faithfulness, God blesses all of the world. We learned that in our own lives, in our own immediate history, the story about Stephen and Mary Ghosts. And we we know that through their faithfulness, Stephen and Mary opened their home every single week to those early Methodist settlers in Wise County so that they would have a place to worship. Week after week, they faithfully opened their home so that people had a place. It is through their generosity, their acts of generosity in making this home available week after week that they invested in the lives of not only their friends and neighbors, but those who would follow after them and build this sanctuary on the corner of Miller and and Maine. They had the faith that we would continue to be the family of the Decatur Methodist family right here. By faith, David was anointed as the king. 
He was anointed as a king of Israel, and by faith he would reunite all the people, and he would establish a mighty nation of God's people, a mighty nation that even exists still today through the generosity of God's unexpected favor for the one who was the smallest of all the brothers, we begin to see more clearly how God's kingdom surpasses any human constructs of power and leadership, that God's world is turned upside down compared to our own human understanding. By faith, our Decatur Methodist family continues to worship on this corner in this space that was built by hands that don't live any longer but worshiped by all of us and enjoyed by all of us. By faith, we continue to worship here and in the downtown square. But it is through the generosity of this worship that we make room at the Lord's table for everyone. This is a unique, unique construct, a unique um, aspect of Holy Communion that we don't find in every Christian gathering of people, but one in which we allow everyone to come forward with no prerequisites other than a relationship with Jesus, one where everyone is invited, and it is through generosity at this table, at Christ's table, that we begin to break down all the walls that divide us. God creates this space. God's generous spirit creates this space so that we can begin to see one another the way God sees us. By faith, Jesus restored the physical sight of Bartimaeus, the blind beggar who sat outside the walls of Jericho. But it is through generosity of spirit that Bartimaeus receives more than his sight. He receives a new life, a new life in which he is able to leave behind the old life as if it's the same as he dropped his cloak on the road behind him. By faith, we commit to serve, to give our time, to meet our neighbor's needs, our, their greatest needs with our passions, to leave, uh, to, to serve and give acts of mercy, even in our community. Uh, through our mobile food pantry or through our mission to repair homes. Sometimes we even gather around the table to share fellowship and to actually put together hygiene kits and first aid kits that would go out to places of disaster in the world around us. We do these things by faith, friends. We do them because we're called Christian. But it's in the acts of generosity, the pure giving of ourselves, that God shapes the way we see the world through these actions. God shapes the way we see the world one hammer at a time, one small bag of groceries at a time, one simple act of kindness at a time. God gives us a new vision, a new vision with fresh eyes, eyes 
that see the heart of Christ in all those we meet. Friends, living a life of faithfulness moves us closer to God. It's why we do these things. In faithfulness, we act and we follow Christ and we serve our strangers and we respond to calls or or a vocation to move us into places that require of us not only a steady step, but a step that almost uh, is, is uncertain, a place that may not be known to us. The preacher of Hebrews opens chapter 11 with these words. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. And we act in faith, sometimes stepping out into a place that we've never been before. But when we live generously as faithful people, that is where we see the transformation in our own lives. It changes our own hearts. But this generosity, this way we live, is edgy. It's edgy. It's not always the popular thing to do, and we will draw criticism from those around us who say, why why would you give your last dollar to someone? Why would you go to a place that might be dangerous to serve another? It requires of us this simply, this faith to lead out into unpredictable places, places that might bring unintended consequences with it. But it can also be adventuresome, a place that helps us to learn new things, meet new people, see the world in a different light, lead us to go to places we might never have gone before, even even if it's just in Decatur, Texas. It leads us into what otherwise might be scary, because in faith we can take that risk that risk to be generous of our spirit, even though we know that when we get there, our acts of generosity might even be rejected. We know this much. We know that even when we step out to take that risk, even when we step out in faithfulness, even when we sometimes feel alone, we are not alone. We're not alone because God is with us. But we're not alone because this mighty cloud of witnesses is with us. They surround us. They surround us with their eternal presence. We're surrounded by the eternal presence of Bob and Pamela of Gerald and Travis and Willadine, of Amy and Nancy and Irene and Greg. We're surrounded by everyone who has finished their race in faithfulness and generosity. They surround us. They surround us and they encourage us to persevere in the race that is set before us. 
And here's what they're doing. They're pointing us to Jesus. They're pointing us to Jesus who knows so well that race that we walk. They're pointing us to Jesus that knows how to live a life that is faithful, a life that is generous, a life that took risks, that persevered in the face of agony. They're pointing us to Jesus who is the preserver of our faith and the perfecter of love. Jesus is the one who gave everything to perfect you and me in love. So that any stranger that we meet as the Decatur Methodist family will find in us a generous friend. May it be so today and tomorrow and the day after from generation through generation. Amen.